0: Hello, and welcome to For The Record. I'm Valerie Chan, the host of Platforms For The Record podcast, where we go on the record with leading influencers to discuss the latest trends in business and marketing to help your organization grow. Today we're here with a good friend of mine, Marla Mattinson, creator of the ethical sales process to discuss how to awaken your sales team and elevate your sales process. Marla, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I am so excited to have you because you've been a good friend as well as a mentor in helping me with understanding sales and actually growing in intimacy as it relates to the business realm and interpersonal relationships. So tell me a little bit about yourself as you have an interesting educational background that led you to creating this ethical sales process. How did your background shape your career path as a business coach and to create this This process?
1: Well, thanks for asking, Val. I am so happy to be here to chat with you about this because my background, the shortcut is I really take a logical approach to emotional material in both business and relationship. And I help people see the overlap in both. So I have a a long history of an educational background. I was a body worker, a massage therapist. I went through 3,000 hours to learn about the body and uh, and the healing process. I was a doula and I went through many hours of training for that as well, helping women through labor, delivery, and postpartum of their babies. I'm a self-taught jewelry maker. I was a high school math teacher, math department chair common core coordinator. So I I have a very rich and varied background. And I have three degrees in mathematics with an emphasis in neuroscience. And then I became a relationship expert. So uh, it's kind of a fun journey, my educational background. And um, that background has really helped me systematize how to help people feel heard, seen, and safe to really nurture their real true desires free from judgment. And that works in both the business realm and in the relationship realm.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's, that's kind of interesting, because, you know, as lawyers, and there's a lot of lawyers who actually listen to this podcast, we tend not to listen to what our intuitions actually tells us to do. We When we're talking with people, when we're talking about what we do and how we help people, it all comes from the logical brain. So how did you start helping law firms and, and, and attorneys with the an ethical sales process? Well, first of all, I happen to love lawyers. I know I might be
1: one of those rare ones. I think you do, too, because you also are a lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah. I love attorneys for a number of reasons. Number one, I grew up with an attorney. My father is an attorney, and he's one of those very highly ethical people. Um, so I grew up with the idea of logic in infused in how we sort of did life behind the scenes. So there was mm-hmm. always a logical path and, you know, even with, with lawyers, there's emotional material because lawyers are also humans. So yeah, we have emotional material arise, but it's not appropriate to bring the emotional material into the business. However, mm-hmm. if we have systems and structures. To give the emotions a place to rest, to give the emotions a place to express, then they don't get backed up on us. And we don't, we don't have to, you know, move into burnout and other things like that when emotions sort of get backed up so working with law firms is a particular focus for me because i love working with logical brilliant humans who also care deeply for their clients and they care a lot about what they're doing and why they're doing it they always have a purpose and a strong mission the lawyers that i work with and so i really enjoy helping people who have brilliance and logic and they just need to have a process for their sales team to be able to actually um, align with how that lawyer really, um,
0: embodies their own work. Got it. Got it. So then how did you come up with the ethical sales process and, and what exactly is it?
1: Okay, now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. So I'll, (laughs) I'll share a personal story because I think it's, it's really helpful to understand how I came up with this process. I've been teaching sales for many years behind the scenes to private clients. And uh, one day a, a few years ago, a number of years ago, my love life and business partner, Julian, in a very loving way said to me, you're a bully, that I'm a bully in our relationship. And what he meant by that was that I was demanding and I was expecting to hear a yes, whenever I asked for one of my needs to be met, and he was right. And it was, I'm sure you can imagine, it was really challenging to hear that because nobody wants to think of themselves as a bully in their relationship. But what happened for me was really beautiful because when I really fully received that, I started digging around internally and saying, well, if I'm a bully in my relationship and I don't want to be, where else am I a bully? And I realized that I was a sales bully. And what does that mean? That means that And this is what traditional sales teaches. Traditional sales teaches essentially you to be a bully in the sales conversation that you're driving to a yes, that the only thing that matters is getting that potential client to a yes. And so what, even if it comes from a good place, like, you know, you can help this person, it doesn't matter. It's still bullying because you're not giving the other person real true choice. And so what I did with all of this was I went into a very deep process and I came through with this very clear understanding that the sales process needs to have structure, but not a script. It needs to have sort of what we developed was a six step Lego like process where you don't have to start with step one, you can start with step four or six. um, And that that Lego style process just removes the anxiety around talking about objections, Asking for consent and really um, having the confidence to actually ask for the sale. And so ESP, which is the ethical sales process, was born so that you're not just relying on being a good person or an ethical person or an intuitive person in your sales process, that you actually have a repeatable, systematized process that isn't script based. And so it translates into feeling. Safe in the sales conversation and safety, emotional safety for both the salesperson and the potential client, is of the highest value in our process.
0: I am kind of curious about this because, as as lawyers, um, I do know that it's hard asking for things. Not not when it comes to business, because or or actually helping our clients because we know what we're doing. We're you know we're very strong in that, but actually asking for you know, asking for, hey, do you need help? Like, how can I help you? Um, And, and that sort of thing. So I'm kind of curious if you could share some, maybe some case studies um, of some of the law firms that you've helped, like before and after, that would be really interesting, I, I know, for our listeners to hear. Sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I tend to work with uh law firms that are in the service-based industries. So where the fulfillment is human-to-human interaction. It's not just uh, a process that they follow and you don't have a lot of interaction with the client. It's I work with law firms like immigration law, family law, um, financial law, uh, where you're really dealing with humans um, in the fulfillment. And so one of the things that I help the law firms do in particular is move from transactional type sales where you're really only focused on what you can do to help this person and move into relational sales where people can uh, feel like they're being cared for from the very beginning of the conversation and part of that is having an amazing onboarding process uh, having a a customer journey that the client uh, signs up for an appointment and they know immediately that they're cared for in this company and that they're going to be cared for so one of the things that i have done with one law firm in particular that i'm thinking about is i help their sales team not only grow in confidence um but i help them grow in an interconnected way and so what i did was i took them through a process of really being clear of course on the company mission and values and what the company mission of this particular company was to bring peace to immigrant families. Okay, that was their mission. And so in one of the sessions that we did, um, I asked every person on their team, not just the sales team, I worked with the entire company, it was about um, 50 people on the team, I asked every single person, why do you align with this mission? What is your personal Mm -hmm. reason for being in this company with this particular mission? Why do you care? And what happened was we did it on Zoom and everybody typed in the chat window their particular reason for why they care about bringing peace to immigrant families. And so what that did was every individual salesperson had their own particular reason for why they cared. But now it expanded to all these other people on the team and their reason for being there. So that brought a different level of confidence to the salespeople to be able to understand, oh, if I'm talking to a potential client, and my personal story doesn't resonate with them I can talk about John's story or Sally's story or somebody else in the company and say well look there's every single person has a reason for being here and it's not just to you know make a paycheck it's because we really genuinely care and so i help bring out the natural caring that's happening in everyone's company anyway everybody's there for a reason but when you excavate why people are really working for your company it helps build loyalty behind the scenes it helps build cohesion behind the scenes and when you have those two things you have a higher chance of innovation coming from your team and not only from the visionary or from the business owner because everybody starts to feel more interconnected. And so the ethical sales process brings out the brilliance in your team and in ways that you don't even realize that there's brilliance lying under the surface that is just waiting to come out. And so, um, and that also helps the owner get out of any sales position because the salespeople really take the full um, responsibility of, yes, we've got this and we're doing this and we're doing it for a reason.
0: Wow, that's that's brilliant. It it is kind of interesting um what it means in terms of not just the interconnectedness of the employees and the the internal team but also what it means to client relationships.
1: Exactly. The
0: the you increase your retention with your team
1: and it translates into people feeling that family vibe when they come in. They feel cared for, they feel respected and they they when you have a systematized process that everybody follows and it's not a script then what happens is people feel like there is consistency no matter who you're speaking with on the front end it's going to translate into it's still the same kind of feel when once they get into your system
0: wow that's interesting so in terms of the the sales process then for this immigration law firm i'm curious like what actually happens once you worked with a team what 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 was the end result in terms of sales in terms of client retention
1: yes they had they had their biggest month ever uh about three three months after we worked together um that blew away all all past sales it was it was pretty phenomenal and so and that trajectory has just increased over time it's um, you know what happens is even people who say no and they are encouraged to say no if it's really not the right service for them, they become referral sources. And so what happened is uh the the people who are coming who were coming in to the conversation with the salespeople, they ended up referring some of their friends who also needed the same kind of help. And so even if the mm. the people didn't say yes, they still wanted to refer their friends and family because they knew that they felt cared for and they trusted this team so it 's really had a pretty wide impact but the 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 most fun for the business owner, of course, is that you know the sales went up and um, and revenue increased
0: right and it's very different because I know that there are some other folks who do offer sales training and they just focus on the actual sale itself versus the dynamics of the company or um, you know, or they focus on leads and they bring in the leads and wait for the the owner or the um, the team to actually close the sale. Um, your process just seems like it's a more natural and integrated process that kind of leads. Then the net result is sales, but it's not focusing on hey, let's figure out the script. Let's look at the sales team and see what they're doing quote unquote wrong or how it doesn't align with. The, the vision of the company. Right, you
1: know? right. And so I'll, I'll just walk you through this, the, the process so that it's not a mystery um, through okay. the six steps. I think that might be helpful because um, what happens is you start to understand that when you really care about the actual person who's selling for you and you care about their well-being, what happens mm-hmm. is um, they become really loyal and they they really want to do a great job. So here's the six step process. The step one is reflection. And reflection has to do with understanding who is your ideal client, what qualities do they have, and who are you serving, right? And so most law firms know who they're serving. And then the interesting side of the other side of that is what are the leader qualities? What are the leadership qualities that are required of you, your team, your company in order to serve those ideal clients? And that part of the reflection process is, um, Typically, not not used in most most companies. So, it, what that does is it holds it holds the salespeople and the team to a high standard, because if you want to have ideal clients, you need to be able to provide the services and the environment for the, those ideal clients to. Uh, flourish and to feel cared for and to get the results. So reflection is all about understanding what is your ideal client? What are the cl- qualities in you and your team that you need to be cultivating and, and continuing to develop? And then what is your company mission values and and all of those important pieces? So all of the reflection internally in your team and inside your salespeople needs to be set really before you can have an epic sales process that's going to be effective. And then step two wow. is environment. And environment is not only your physical environment, it's also your inner environment. And so um, we are aligned with um, practices of the science behind safety and trust building in in sales conversations um, and the neuroscience of sales and how what's happening internally for the salesperson. Do they need to pay their rent? Are they stressed? Are they under pressure? We care about that and we help them calm their inner environment so they can be present for the sales conversation and put aside their own concerns and be aware of that also. The, the potential client brings their own inner and outer environment. So there's always a duality happening. There's always more than one thing happening at the same time. So we increase the salesperson's awareness around the environment and to recognize that this person that they're speaking with is only be bringing a tiny fraction of who they are and what's going on in their lives to the conversation. And so the idea is you want to be able to activate more than what you're just seeing presented to you you want to find out well is this going to be a client who's going to be a great client are they going to be resilient are they going to be able to perform enough in our through our process of helping them get results to get those results or are they going to ghost us are they going to not respond to our messages right are they going to are they going to be a great client or not and understanding the environment they're in is going to help and then step three is consent And consent is exactly what it sounds like. And you can see that this also relates to relationship. So consent is before asking a challenging question, you ask for consent. So uh, let's say, for example, somebody makes a a statement that um, has the salesperson kind of question whether or not that's true. You can uh, say, well, may I challenge you on that way of thinking? May I present a different approach to what you're talking about? So a gentle consent question allows the potential client to say, yes, yeah, yes, or, or no, and both are honored. So consent is just a fail safe way to have people feel like they have a sense of control in the sales conversation and they're not being bullied into a yes, that they, they get to have choice. And then step four is objections and objections. There's always the four main objections, the objection of time. So instead of waiting or avoiding the the conversations of objections, it's just part of the process. So, of course, you're just going to ask about what is your time capacity? What is your financial capacity? Our services are priced between this and this. Do you have the financial means to enroll with us or to sign on with us. And if not, we have other options. We have, you know, an external source that can provide, et cetera. The objection of time, money, doubt, doubt about the process, doubt about you, your company, doubt about themselves. And then decision-maker, are, the, are you the only decision-maker or do you need to speak with a partner or financial advisor before you you are able to say yes? So the four main objections get handled naturally in our process, and it's a neuroscience-based process where there is some intentional activation to check for resiliency in the potential client. And then step five is confidence. So by now, you have the confidence to ask for the sale or you have the confidence to push back and say, you know, it looks like we're not going to be a great match to work together, and here are the reasons why. And so you get to educate your potential client on what it takes to be an ideal client for you, and so they can either ri- raise to your standards and say, "Yes, actually, I do want to work with you, and and I'm willing to do the work," or they can, um, you know, you can say, "This is not a great fit, and I'd like to refer you to this other company or to you know people who work better with with people in your situation." And then step six is clear choice. And clear choice is about honoring the choice that the, the uh, potential client has, which is it's either a clear yes or a clear no. And both choices are honored and celebrated. And in generosity, you can provide a next step no matter what that person says. So all of those six steps, once you understand and you can read the pre-session questionnaire and you get to know who you're who you're engaged with, those six steps can be interchangeable. You don't have to start with reflection. You can start anywhere along the six steps once you get really familiar with how to use the steps. And that's that's part of the training that I provide. So those are the six steps.
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing. It actually sounds like it helps across the board from helping with company culture to helping with sales and really helping with client retention. I do have to say, you talking about the six steps is kind of enlightening and it kind of demystifies what the sales process looks like especially for some of the attorneys trying to actually cultivate business development because i think one of the things that i noticed just working with some of the the law firms that we do we work with um i do notice that you know having that conversation or trying to understand uh, like the and put on the biz dev mindset really is something where uh, attorneys that are actually in the day-to-day, as well as attorneys that are partners, have a hard time just kind of, quote unquote, asking for that sale. So I'm kind of curious, feedback um, is an important role in the ethical sales process. Tell me more about how feedback is received and, um, you know, either A, how to give the feedback or B, how to get the feedback from the clients or the potential clients that may not want to work with you long term?
1: Beautiful question. And I'm really glad that you brought in um, company culture because you're starting to see, uh, and I hope the audience is starting to, to understand that the ethical sales process is not just for sales. Sales is not separate. Sales is not something that is separate from the business. Sales are the first entry point into your business. It's the... It's the, the gateway into being able to serve your people. And so the first thing to know is we have redefined what sales even means. It's for your team, time, energy, attention and money. Team is you make a sale for someone's exchange of time. So right now we're making a sale for everybody who's listening right now of their time and their energy and their attention. Right. And so before there's a monetary exchange, we need to have an exchange of time, energy, and attention. And that's what the sales conversation is. And so in the sales conversation, there's direct connection and building of a relationship. And then the ethical the ethical sales process is absolutely embedded in company culture and drives innovation, because when you put the human over the transaction in your entire company, then you start to really value what everybody is offering and that's where the feedback comes in so feedback is all about listening very deeply for the little yeses and the little no's Mm. that happen Mm -hmm. throughout the day and throughout also in sales conversations that is the feedback the feedback is listening for is this person leaning in or is this person leaning out and that's true in the sales conversation and in your company right is this person leaning in like oh great yes I'm all in let's do this or are they leaning out and they're kind of you know not really doing the work that's been assigned to them or they kind of are not bringing their full self and so asking for consent is that sort of first step of feedback which is are you available for a conversation around feedback so like for example one of the things that we teach that we also practice in in our company is we do 90-day reflections. Some people call those reviews, Mm -hmm. but that sounds a little Mm -hmm. intense to us. Uh, And so we change that to a 90-day reflections. And that feedback is so invaluable that I, as the owner of the company, also uh, participate in 90-day reviews and reflections so Mm -hmm. that I get feedback from the people who are working with me and on our team. So the role of feedback is essential if if you can't receive feedback because you only want to hear a yes from your team or in a sales conversation that's the first step is to really ask yourself can i celebrate somebody else's choice can i celebrate and honor what somebody else wants and this brings me back to the story of me being a bully in my relationship uh which i've worked on that quite a bit um, you can ask Julian, <laughs> the idea is that I'm willing to hear his true self response, not just what I want to hear. And that's true in the sales conversation as well. So when somebody says, well, I'm not sure I'm going to have to check and see if I have the time for this, or if we have the money for this, that's a little no. And so the little no's you go, okay, great. I absolutely wanted you to check to see if you have the time capacity for this and and the financial capacity you know and what are your next steps instead of saying instead of trying to convince them into that they can do this it's a very different approach than traditional sales traditional sales are transactional and really only care about the transaction leading to a yes and the ethical sales process has one goal and that one goal by the end of the conversation is clarity a clear yes or mm. a
0: clear no yeah it sounds like you have a lot of integrity as part of the sales process yes
1: that is we, we don't talk about integrity so much. We embed it in everything we do. And so that's exactly right. We absolutely have the high level of integrity and calling people to feel like they can be themselves in the sales conversation mm-hmm. also, not just some robotic version of like, I have to do this in this certain way. It's you actually get to relax and develop all different five sales personality types that we we teach you know, to be able to address the different needs of each client and each client has varying aspects of their life that, you know, when you find out more about this person, you're literally developing a relationship and even they might sign on with you and you can make a recommendation for them to do something else like, oh, from our conversation, you might be interested in this book or this podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. so you get to practice generosity when you have a high integrity process.
0: Right, and it's all about relationships in our business for sure. So uh, I know we're running out of time. Um, I am kind of curious, what top three strategies would you recommend for law firms to use to enhance and elevate their sales process? Great,
1: so many things. I will limit it to three. So the top three, (laughs) (laughs) um, if you really wanna enhance and elevate your sales process, number one, you wanna have a very clear company mission and values, set of values, three to five values maximum, and then ask whoever is selling for you, whether it's you or anybody else on your team, ask them why they align with your company mission and values. Why do you personally care about this? Because if they don't, or they can't find something, then every sales conversation is gonna feel transactional. And so Mm -hmm. that's number one, is get really clear on what your company mission and values are, and then ask your people why they care about them. And then the second thing is have an intentional reflection process where you as a team watch your sales conversations, okay? And that might be, if that's too vulnerable for people, then you can do it one-on-one and have your salespeople start reflecting on their own conversations and then um, share that those details with their direct report. And if everybody starts reflecting on their own sales process and how they're, how they're um in the sales conversation then they're going to start improving and if they can have that vulnerable experience of doing it as a team in sales that is going to drive
0: innovation in the sales process and also more fun and then the third well, also, oh yeah go ahead it also sounds like you um you have drive more innovation in the company yes. as well so yes sorry to interrupt no you. i love it yeah. yes
1: exactly right
0: yeah um and then the third
1: um strategy is to have an ongoing sales training for your people so that they can continue to evolve both, both personally and professionally. And if you don't have ongoing sales training for your salespeople, also, if you're the only salesperson and you don't have ongoing sales training, you definitely come and work with me. It's very affordable. Um, I've priced it in such a way that it's easy for people to say yes. Um, and you'll learn how not only to become a better salesperson, you'll become a better human in the process. You literally become Mm -hmm. a better parent, a better partner, a better colleague, a better friend while you are learning this ethical sales process. And I think that's one of the most stunning things about it is, you know, most sales trainings, you just become a better salesperson and maybe you earn more money. But behind the scenes, you're not necessarily becoming a better person. So yeah, those are my top three strategies.
0: Amazing. So last question, um, where can our listeners go for more information about the ethical sales process? And and what resources would you recommend? Uh, they can
1: follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Marla Mattinson on LinkedIn or on Instagram. I've got some really great short videos that you can check out and um, we have some free resources. We have a client whisperer quiz to find out what client types that you are attracting and what that says about you so that you can learn a little bit more about yourself um, and and what's happening behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, we have some really low priced um, sales trainings that you can enroll in and start that process and
0: start learning. It's really, it's fun when you love how you're selling. Amazing. Well, thank you, Marla, for your time today. You've provided some great, insightful information, and I hope our listeners found it valuable to implement in their law firms. Thank you so much. Thank you.